0: Day one of Texans minicamp is in the books. Why more catches, more problems is a good thing for second-year wide receiver Nico Collins. Phil Brown's expectations for himself, how that could potentially affect the offense, and stick around for J.J. talk. All on today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue. Now make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNow.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get fifty dollars off purchases of five hundred or more. Use Locked On at checkout. Make sure you are using that promo code. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, here to discuss the Houston Texans. Before we get into some of this local news, it's very important that we discuss the national news and some very important news dropped on Tuesday. I think this is changing the game. The Houston Texans will be affected. Fans will be affected as well. This will go down as one of the greatest moves in NFL history. No, it's not. Little Caesars is now
1: the Ooh. official pizza
0: of Ooh. the NFL.
1: Terrible,
0: piece of the terrible,
1: pizza. terrible! Shout out to the NFL losing money—that's what really founder, happens, according to, to the a source. Owner and
0: founder <laughs> of Little Caesars. Shout out to Rosa Parks. Shout out to everybody. Pizza Hut, was-
1: Domino's, Papa John's, uh, th- 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 Chuck E. Cheese—like they could have went any other pizza place. And they decided to go with Lil' Caesar. Tombstone. I read Tombstone. Yeah, Papa John's? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Dr. Umar is
0: upset with you. But, <laughs> shout out to Lil' Caesars. Uh, but for some of the local news here with the Houston Texans, uh, Texas head coach Levy Smith announced that the team will only host two days in minicamp. It will end today on Wednesday. said that the team feels good about the work they've put in. This offseason, I agree. Listen, a couple of things that I like from this offseason, and Cody, please, uh, you know, back me up on this or you give your things that you love. I like to see Christian Harris running with some of the first team defense. Jalen Petrie, he's learning the playbook and he has really earned the respect of the coaches and his teammates, has had a phenomenal offseason so far. I also want to like to say that I like the fact that Houston isn't rushing. Uh, uh, Derek Stingley Jr. or John Menchie back out on the field. I think that's phenomenal, and I'll tell you why. There's no rush to get players out early June, late late May. They're not playing for anything right now, right? Mm. They they are expected to be around and be ready for minicamp that starts late in July. I get that. So right now, allowing them to feel the NFL, get on this NFL practice grass, get their heads in that playbook, and overall just prepare their body and mind when they need to have that opportunity and time to catch up, Cody. Was there anything for you that kind of stuck out um, for the offseason so far for the Houston Texans?
1: Um, honestly, man, it's, it's three things and two of the three things doesn't even have to do with football. It just has to do with the team. And that's, and the biggest thing that has stood out to me was just the positive energy surrounding this organization in terms of them having close to 100% full participation. It doesn't matter if it was just regular off season workouts, voluntary off season workouts. I think with Laramie Tunso being in attendance on yesterday, it actually made the Texas attendance reach 100% for the first time this off season. But the reason why I'm bringing Laramie Tunso up, just think about it. The fact that he wasn't around for voluntary workouts over the last three weeks, and that was basically the biggest headline regarding the Houston Texans and what they had going on inside nrg stadium lets you know how much this franchise has done a complete 180 because john i remember this time last year it was a terrible show going on with this organization and we all know everything that was going on from the former quarter the former quarterback wanting out of houston then of course at this time last year you know his legal issues started to get a little crazy, but we're not going to speak on that. And, of course, you had the Jack Easterby side of things. You had the David Cully side of things. You know, players, you know, not really knowing what this organization was going to be about. And then when we looked at all of the acquisitions that Nick Casario made last year, a lot of the guys we thought was just the bottom of the totem pole. Now, just having a sense to go out there and really look at players actually have an opportunity to not only go out there on the field and showcase what they can do, but at the same time, just having an opportunity to say, you know what, this team can really make some noise this season. I'm not saying that they're going to be a playoff team, and I'm not going to say that they're going to win 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games, but I, from what I have been able to see over the last couple of weeks is the fact that this is going to be a team fans can get behind reporters can get behind the players themselves can get behind just just you guys just don't understand how how much bitter it is watching Texas practice inside NRG Stadium these days like I mentioned a complete 180 but the biggest thing that really stuck out to me and John I know you really want to touch on this has been the development of these young guys more so Nico Collins and that is a name that you and I have been talking about a lot here over the last couple of weeks because first and foremost like I mentioned I think year two is going to be a big year for Collins because he needs to take that step. I'm not going to go as far as to say he needs to take the helm as this team's number one option. But at the same time, he needs to make sure that he gives Davis Mills a solid target in the passing game. At least somebody who who can basically lighten the workload for Brandon Cooks.
0: Well, let's not say that he needs to give Davis Mills this. I think Davis Mills in this offense – Needs to game plan Nico Collins better into the offense, and and what he can possibly do. Listen, Davis Mills, complimented second year wide receiver, said his talent is off the charts. We need to get him the ball more. And I started the show by saying him more prop, more catches, more problems. Listen, hmm. if 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 Nico Collins is in a position which he was not in this previous year, his rookie year, and again, people, this was not. This this was far from the ideal situations we saw a lot of rookies wide receivers going to. Davis Mills was your quarterback after being thrown in week two against the Browns. Right then you had mm-hmm. Nico Collins. I mean not Nico Collins. Tyrod Taylor. However, Nico Collins didn't start the year off fully healthy. Missed some time when he was finally able to play. They had to bring him on slowly, which that, that speaks to why they are possibly moving slowly with John Mechie as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, when Mills saying they need to get him the ball more, I think that speaks volumes to him understanding the quarterback. My job is to make sure that we are either A, stretching the field and using Nico. Again, I'm big on what he can do in terms of the big play ability. The 14 to 15 yards per catch type of player that I think he can be. And Listen, while I watch Nico Collins out there, Nico is looking a lot more twitchier, and he is looking a lot more quicker with his feet. <laughs> These are some of the things that I thought he needed to improve on last season coming out of college. Didn't necessarily think he was as quick as you would like your receivers to be. He looks a little bit more slender, not skinny, but a little bit more slender. But he still got the little, the little weight on him. But at 6'4", he is the player that – when he had to learn uh, the NFL game, which he was able to do right now at their wide receiver position, yeah, he's going to be a more valuable option for Davis Mills and this offense. And, again, I want to key in on your quarterback saying, we need to get him the ball more often. That was something that they failed to do last season for various reasons. Now, Nico Collins has that confidence. I think your quarterback has that confidence, which, davis Mills also said he says like he feel like he's at a good spot obviously he still has a lot to room to grow he feels more confident more comfortable out there with the offense and his teammates around him he's ready to keep progressing and head into the season so those, those are some great things to hear from davis mills i think the progression for both of those players they're going to hold uh each other they're going to hold that progression for each other in their hands nico is going to hold Davis Mills' progression in his hands for what he can possibly be down the field. And for Davis Mills, if you're able to get him the ball like you said you want to, then that'll work out wonders for Nico Collins.
1: Really quick before moving on, Nico Collins had one touchdown last year as a rookie. John, you talked about this a lot here on this show. You are expecting Nico Collins to become a reliable red zone threat because he is more so of a bigger body receiver. One touchdown last year, I'm expecting the Houston Texans to get into the red zone more often this year, other than, you know, what we had to sit through last year. But, John, in terms of Collins and his ability to score the football, what would you consider a successful year with Collins being a red zone threat for the Texans in 2022? Great question. I'll look at
0: Nico with six touchdowns. I was thinking somewhere along those lines. I think six touchdowns is fair. Uh, Again, we don't know a lot about this, this offense. Uh, His best year at Michigan, which was that junior year uh, before he set out a year uh, due to COVID, he had 729 yards, 19, 19 19.7 yards per catch and seven touchdowns total. Uh, I think that's between five and seven is a good number for Nico again. We don't know what this offense is going to necessarily look like until we see it on film, game film. But I think he does have the ability to, at the very least, if you are inside the red zone area, right? If you're inside that twenty yard, the twenty yard mark, at the very least, it's with six four, you can throw the ball up and expect that height and his God-given uh natural abilities will be able to get him to get to come down with the ball for a touchdown right over some smaller cornerbacks and even some of the taller cornerbacks at 6'1". He's still 6'4". He could jump out the gym, throw the ball up, and let's see what can happen. In a couple of days, I'll be saying I do to the most precious woman in the world, and I want to let you guys know about bluenow.com where you can celebrate all of your life special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at a price you won't find at a traditional juror whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find Jewelry as unique as her or him with modern day convenience of online shopping at bluenow.com. Build the engagement ring of her dreams or celebrate life special moments with fine jewelry. No matter what you're looking for, Blue Now has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. So make sure you're making your moment your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNow.com. And locked on sports listeners get fifty dollars off purchases five hundred or more when using promo code Locked On at checkout. That's promo code Locked On at checkout. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stretch free when you find your forever piece. Go to BlueNow.com today the ultimate nba mock draft starts june 16th with over 50 insiders nothing equals ultimate nba mock draft the locked on nfl big Boy draft experts plus odyssey insiders first pick is june 16th search ultimate nba mock draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick that's going to be very fun can't wait to check that out welcome back to the locked on texas podcast make sure you are subscribing to the youtube channel run those numbers up <laughs> and we're going to talk about pharaoh brown a little bit thank you guys for sticking around of course pharaoh brown Cody, you wrote an amazing piece about pharaoh brown make sure you guys check that out as well it's all up and down cody's twitter page pharaoh brown wants to be <laughs> an all pro right and that is his expectation for himself and again if pharaoh brown were well, to say this if pharaoh brown is an all pro this season then that will be great for the Houston Texans offense. Cody, my problem is, in four years in the NFL, Pharaoh Brown has 361 yards and two touchdowns. It's hard for me to believe that. Now, he is 28. We've seen some late bloomers in the NFL before, where it just took them a while before they were able to take off. But the real issue here for Pharaoh Brown, and I know you're going to get into it, is right now, Is Brevin Jordan not the tight end number one on this roster?
1: Well... This was very interesting to me because first and foremost, as you remember, a couple weeks ago, we had a real conversation about this whole tight end core. I think as of right now, there are six tight ends. We do expect Nick Casario to make some roster changes, probably cut to place one on the practice squad. So you're looking at what three tight ends that he's going to carry. With all that being said, you and I did talk about the possibility how going into voluntary OTAs going into mandatory minicamp going into training camp how it how important it was going to be for Pharaoh Brown to really find his job because as you mentioned we are looking at this from a situation and from a standpoint that Brevin Jordan can be could be and honestly should be tight end number one however I think Brown is going to have a realistic opportunity to define himself as tight number one. And all of this came about on yesterday, following the first day of mandatory mini camp, we had an opportunity to hear from Pharaoh Brown and Pharaoh Brown talked about, you know, his goals for this upcoming season. John, as you mentioned, wrote about it on sports illustrated. Please go check it out. Um, he talked about his goals for this upcoming season. He said that he feels like he can be an all pro player. Now, Pause. I know that is going to catch a lot of people off guard, but he did broke down what he did this off season. And he did talk about the main important factor on why he feels that this can be an all pro year for him. First and foremost, he said following the end of the 2021 season, he spent the entire off season clearing his mind through meditation and going on a couple retreats. Okay, fine. That's good. Secondly, I'm not going to lie. The other day, UNB Scott talked about how good Booker looked, but I don't think nobody on this roster, <laughs> Pauls, has a better body, pause, than Farrell Brown because the body transition that I was able to see from where he was last year, from what he looks like right now, is basically night and day. This is a tight end who has slimmed down and Farrell Brown talked about how he spent this entire offseason working out with his personal trainer, working out with the trainers of the Houston Texans, and he is a lot slimmer. And with him being a lot slimmer, he says that he feels a lot quicker. And this is the biggest one of all. He feels like he has a body of a wide receiver. And why is that important? Because last year was a down year for Farrell Brown and that whole entire tight end crew. And, John, you and I talked about here a lot throughout the season on Locked On Texans how... How, how Tim Kelly wasn't utilizing the tight end core correctly, yeah, especially, about- especially Pharaoh Brown, who you and I talked about a lot here on this show, that his best on field attribute is his ability to be utilized as a pass catcher. And, and, when you go back and you take a look at the down year that he had last year, it was because Tim Kelly was utilizing him more so as a as a run blocker, as a pass blocker, other than a pass catcher. And I don't think Pep Hamilton is going to do that. And Pharaoh Brown last attempt of, of, of him mentioning why he could potentially reach an all pro level this season is the fact that he is playing under a new offensive coordinator in pep hamilton and john you made an interesting statement in that first segment that i kind of want to utilize for this top topic talking about how feral brown can really come close or reaching a potential of an all pro wide receiver. you said that we don't know how this offense is going to look and that is true and what we have been doing ever since Pep Hamilton took the to helm as the offensive coordinator is going back and looking at how other players and how other teams fared with him holding that same role. And the one guy that I want to compare Pharaoh Brown to is Kobe Fleener. He was the starting tight end for the Indianapolis Colts during the 2014 season, and he had his best season of all, recording 779 receiving yards and three touchdowns i think that is actually what we're going to see out of pharaoh brown because pep hamilton has a knack in terms of how to use his players and put his players in the best position possible I don't think it's a realistic goal that he's going to reach the status of all pro tight end because he's playing in the AFC and you're looking at some of if not the best tight ends that this league has to offer playing in the same conference as him but I do believe that Pharaoh Brown is going to have a real a really good year in 2022 for the Houston Texans by the way I do want to say this before I give the floor back over to you and 2020 was Pharaoh Brown's most promising year he only played in eight games, but he did record 163 yards, catching 14 out of a possible 16 passes, and yes, I understand that was with Deshaun Watson, but we was able to see the, the the potential that pharaoh Brown has. Last year he did record 117. However, the biggest difference between pharaoh Brown in 2020 versus pharaoh Brown in 2021 was his yards per catch. In 2020, he averaged yards per catch was eleven point six. In 2021, it declined to seven point four. Yeah, that was pretty bad
0: last season for him. And I do expect that. Uh, regardless of what we think we may get out of Pep Hamilton, I, th- I do believe that we will see more two tight end sets for this offense, mm-hmm. which is great. But I wouldn't say Kobe Fleener as a comparison. I maybe look at Dwayne. Uh, I want to say Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Allen, uh, simply because Dwayne was one of those players that they utilized in the blocking game and he was able to kind of pick up and be a red zone threat for the coach. And listen, Pharaoh Brown, who has gotten smaller, as you say, and he says he has a body of a wide receiver now. That's great. Pharaoh Brown is still a very big man. Like he's massive, right? And it takes me back to what we thought Darren Fells was going to be that second year. Hmm. That first year in Houston, he was a great red zone threat for Houston. That second year, all of that went out the window. So for Ferrell Brown to have some success this year, and, and I'll be honest, all pro for my belief is out the window for him. But he can still have a very successful and meaningful season for this team and set up his future. It's not going to come in terms of being an all-pro. right? I think that it's going to come in terms of being able to put four to five touchdowns on the board. I think this offense will be a lot more fluid this year. And fluidity for an offense means everybody knows their role and they can maximize themselves in a row. Right? Mm-hmm. And for Farrah Brown, who scored two touchdowns, two seasons ago didn't score anything last season it's not going to come in terms of personal accolades in terms of being this all pro player it's going to turn go come in terms of how can your success help this team and putting up four touchdowns this upcoming season matching at least two touchdowns from the season before that is what's going to work out for pharaoh brown again he, he has to get better as a blocker there were times last season where he just completely whiffed on blocks. And I just think last season was a stinker for everybody involved <laughs> that was around when the offense was a little bit funner to play in. It was just a defense's problem. The offense was an issue last season. Are those mistakes corrected? We'll see this upcoming year with a whole bunch of new involved. But for Pharaoh Brown, I'm not looking for you to be this, you know, superstar of a player this year. And it's not just pharo brown it's everybody involved to just do their job match what you can match exceed and excel in what you can exceed and excel in and make sure your success is a part of the team's success well our friends over at bill bar they're coming out they're always coming out with new flavors this time bill bar has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor and for the first time ever Bill Barr is introducing the new Mud Pie flavor in both Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff. Not sure what Mud Pie tastes like. It doesn't taste like mud, of course. Trust me, I know because I know what mud tastes like. But if you're a fan of chocolate, you better sit down for this one. This new Mud Pie Bar is a rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate topped with cookies and cream crumble. You can't beat that. Plus the macros on this is crazy. 16 protein, 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories and 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most delicious creamy mud pie ever and wrapped it up just for you. Go to build.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Like Little Caesars. Because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Now, follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you guys for sticking around to talk about the GOAT of the Houston Texans franchise, J.J. Watt, who some people have felt like he has been forgotten and disrespected. The NFL released their top 10 defensive players ever uh, list. Aaron Donald was on their list, which I 100% agree with. Uh, J.J. Watt did not make that list. Some people are very upset about that. Before we dive into it, I want to give you guys the top 10 list. Uh, Starting off at number 10, Ronnie Lott, number 9, Rob Wilson. Then it follows Bruce Smith, Dick Buckus, Deacon Jones, Aaron Donald at number 5, Deion Sanders at number 4, Ray Lewis at number 3, Lawrence Taylor at number 2, Reggie White at number one, I think Lawrence Taylor should be the greatest defensive player of all time. Left tackles don't get the contracts they're getting now without Lawrence Taylor and everything that he was able to do as a football player. But there are some people that feel like J.J. White was forgotten about. And I'll say this, what made J.J. White so great in that time span where from 2012 to 2015, 20-and-a-half sacks, 10-and-a-half sacks, 20-and-a-half sacks, 17-and-a-half sacks. Uh, led the league in tackles for loss three out of those four years. Uh, look, 43 QB hits, two years back-to-back, 50-plus 50, 50 plus QB hits, a defensive player of the year three times. Uh, 2014 had a total of – three receiving touchdowns, like J.J. Watt for Houston was everything during that time span, and it's rare that you're able to get – he had five touchdowns in one season in the 2014 season. It's rare that you're getting that out of a defensive player when he's also giving you 20 sacks. J.J. Watt for Houston was a hybrid player. Do you guys understand what I'm, how I'm talking about J.J. Watt? I'm talking about J.J. Watt as if he was a skilled position player, as if he was a DB also playing slot, also doing some kick return thing. Like, this is what J.J. Watt was able to do as a defensive end. I definitely believe that he has a strong case to, you know, Dick Buckus, who was a great player in his own right. However, I am biased against older players because i do think the game was just so different back then it may have been a little bit more simpler compared to the athletes that these players have to go through now play against now jj white was going up against some greater athletes in my mind right i look at um i said dick Buckus is on this list uh Aaron donald rightfully so i believe should be on this list yeah i really have a bigger problem with dick buck being on this list i'm sorry yeah, I, I don't think Dick Buck is a better player than JJ Watt. But again, talking about JJ Watt, understand this plain and simple: he was a hybrid player, used as a hybrid player for the Houston Texans. We talked. We talked about him as a god level player in that time span, which maybe we consider short, but he was producing on defense and offense. Remember the. Hmm. Interception. (laughs) JJ Watt was a great, great player. He's a great player in his own right, and I definitely believe he has a case for top ten all time.
1: He definitely has a case of top 10, John, and I know you're going to disagree with me. I'm not going to argue the fact that he should be top 10. I'm actually going to argue the fact that I truly do believe that, that where Aaron Donald is at number five, that should have been J.J. Watt because first and foremost, I think Aaron Donald's being ranked that high is more so of a case of recency bias, and that's no disrespect to Aaron Donald, but, you know, Well, I this do whole, think
0: Aaron is the greatest defensive tackle of all time.
1: Well, the, the, I, I can't agree with that because first and foremost, you know, in terms of, and we keeping this argument as of right now in terms of Donald and Watt, I'm looking at Aaron Donald. I'm looking at a guy who only record over 20 sacks one time in his career. In terms of J.J. Watt, he did it two times in his career. In terms of Aaron Donald's, his next high sack number came in 2003 in 2020, when he had 13 and a half sacks. J.J. Watt, his highest number after recording 20 sacks on his records, his next highest is 17 and a half in 2015. So come on now, man. And that's just sacks numbers right there. And like you mentioned, that run from 2012 to 2015, I honestly don't know if we can name five defensive end in NFL history who had a better run than J.J. during that time. And I also want to mention that I do believe that J.J. is really just getting the short end of the, of the stick. Like we see a lot of legendary Houston athletes do because for some reason, they can't stay healthy. What run wasn't as long as Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald is still out there putting in work. Like I mentioned, no disrespect to him. But as we sit here on June 14, 2022, and we looking at what? the 10 greatest defensive players of all time jj watt belongs in that list and i'm going to argue that jj watt given how dominant he was from 2012 to 2015 i'm going to go off a limb and say that he deserved it even more so over a guy like aaron Donald. is jj watt the greatest defensive man ever if he not one, he too Thank you guys for checking out today's
0: episode of the Life on Texas podcast. I mean, this
1: is a conversation we could pick up for another day. But, John, like, name name three or four defensive ends that had a more dominant and better run than J.J. Watt from 2012 to 2015. Well, dominance and
0: who's a better player, greater player throughout their career, those are two different questions. And my question is, is he the greatest defensive
1: end of all time? Thank you guys for checking out this latest installment of Locked On Texans. As always, you can follow me, Cody Davis, on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I underscore 24. Really quick, was Michael Strahan on that list? Michael Strahan was not on that list.
0: Bruce Smith is on that list who has 200 career sacks. And he was number eight on that list.
1: That's, that's a tough
0: list, man. That's a tough list.
1: Again, my only. And then again, that's all defensive players. players, not just. No, man, this just all. De- yeah.
0: Deacon Jones is number six. Uh, he had 175 sacks, 73 sacks. Uh, yeah.
1: Listen, man. It, it, I mean, th- this is a tough list, but I mean, tough list or not. JJ Watt's name should definitely have been on that damn list. Again, my
0: my only question is, is he the greatest at his position? Then that's where you start ranking, okay, why is he in and why isn't he in? And Aaron Donald, I think, from what I've seen of Aaron Donald, there's only one defensive tackle that I think is close to Aaron Donald, and that's John Randall. And I love John Randall's game. But I think that Aaron Donald is the greatest defensive tackle of all time and if you are the greatest at your position, again, Lawrence Taylor is the greatest. You know, Lawrence Taylor is number two, Ray Lewis is number three. Those are the greatest linebackers to ever play the game. Uh, the greatest cornerback to ever to ever play the game is who? Prom time, baby. He's Dion. On this list, right. You have some of the greatest safeties. This is a great list. And I'm not mad. The only beef I have is with Dick Buckus. I think that you can switch out Dick Buckus. With a Michael Strahan, you could switch out Dick Buckets with uh, a few more players because of the time frame in which they played in.
1: Fun question before closing out. 15 years from now, we're having the same conversation with Derrick Stingley Jr.
0: <laughs> Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Also, subscribe to the Locked On Texans
1: podcast as well on YouTube. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we will be having this conversation about Derek Stanley Jr. in the next fifteen years. Peace.